3: After an absorbing first test in the Men's Ashes series, the Women's Ashes are now set to get underway at Trent Bridge. In this show, I was joined by former England international Catherine Leng, a regular on the paddock and the pavilion, and Rosa Simpkin of Rosa Talks Ball to preview the seven-match multi-format series. I began by asking our two guests if the upcoming series was the most hyped Women's Ashes series ever.
4: Yeah, for sure. I think the media coverage has been incredible in a lot of ways where we haven't really seen it before. I mean, the marketing idea that there's one Ashes has been really effective. I mean, the posters, for example, and on the front of Edgebaston, Jimmy Anderson and Izzy Wong in, in England kit. So, yeah, I think it's definitely the most anticipated there's ever been.
1: Yeah, um, and there was London Bridge as well. I think Heather Knight was on there, made a little little appearance on London Bridge. You've got to tick that off your bucket list, haven't you? So, yeah, the ECB are really going great guns advertising this, but I believe we spoke in the last podcast that um, Baston had already reached record ticket sales for the women's ashes that will have been back in i don't know help me out stephen uh when we last well, had a, last time we spoke
3: the ticket sales were in the like mid 30s they're now up yeah. to seventy thousand.
1: yeah and that was just pretty much when they'd come out so uh it's just somebody it's quite overwhelming really um i don't know how the girls feel about it it must be pretty nerve-wracking for them but you know to to think of that sort of crowd at a test match is fab- oh it's not a test match it's a edge and it's a one one day but even even that you know it's going to be fantastic
3: i know you like test cricket Catherine, uh, and it's five days as well
1: well i think they must have been listening to uh, the paddock and pavilion
3: yeah we did we did uh, get your 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 point of view you you, you were in favor of a uh a five-day test match, weren't you?
1: Yeah, particularly if, uh, you know, when England tied bats for 180 overs, you've got to have five days, haven't you? Uh, which is what we did back in 98. But no, I think it it just... Um, it, it will just make things a bit more exciting.
3: Well, the last England-Australia test, Rosa, was very exciting.
4: It was very exciting. Um I think it was kind of ridiculous that we were disappointed with the draw um, because we shouldn't have held on but thanks to Kate Cross and Sophie Axton out in the middle we did but the fifth day is fundamental to show the qualities of these players because especially with the test matches here so often they're rain affected and then you never get the fourth day and there's never a result and yes if they played basketball then maybe you wouldn't need the five days but how are they meant to try something if they don't have time.
3: And does the Test match being the first in the multi-format series give England more of a chance of winning the Ashes?
4: Ooh, um, it depends which England's to show up but I think I backed them for the Test match. Got some really exciting youngsters coming in um, as well as the foundation which is already there. Sat Trent Bridge which... Isn't really a spin orientated wicket, and the Aussies have a lot of good spinners. So, I think we definitely have a chance more so than I think we ever have. And if whoever wins that test, it gives them such a huge advantage points wise and confidence wise heading into the rest of the series, especially given how much is surrounding it media wise. Getting that one and out of the way puts you on a whole different level.
1: Yeah, I I think I really. Agree with that about win, trying to win that first uh, that first match, whatever format it is. But you know, you've got to look at uh, some of the England batters in there that you know have played the played the format before, and uh, there are other batters who haven't, but are very capable of of building an innings if that's what they're going to do. I'll be interested to know if they do play. Uh, very freely um, or, you know, they set their stall out and and back for a solid amount of time. I think with Australia losing Lanning, um, we've got a psychological advantage there as well because she's very experienced. It brings another sort of um, youngster into the side for the Aussies. I don't know how many of them have, have really sort of played a lot of Test match cricket, really. But I would say in terms of that we've played more.
3: And with the test with the test match being followed by the T twenties, T twenties being a little bit more of an open game, that that also probably gives England a better chance if they could win that first test match.
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, T twenty cricket is very much a mental game. There's not there is skill behind it, but it's more so who can turn up on the day and do the work i mean we saw in the world cup some of the shocks and shock results in the women's world cup i mean i don't think anyone would have said before that tournament that south africa would have been england's downfall but they were and that's just because t20 cricket is something else it's something else so for sure winning that test match from a mental perspective gives that higher ground
3: and Rosa, did you think there was any surprises in the England squad that was announced only a few days ago?
4: Um, I think the choice of going for one spinner has shocked everyone a little bit. Charlie Dean and Sarah Glenn are both very competent players and very good at what they do, so I'm sure they will be disappointed to have missed out. I think Danny Wyatt was a little bit of a shock because she's not someone who we usually use as a longer format player, so for her to then being the test match squad wasn't probably what everyone had on their bingo card, but I think she's very capable of playing test cricket if she gets that chance.
1: I think, I think um, Wyatt's got a lot of cricket experience, and I think maybe they're hoping she can bring that into the that format if she does play that test match. But I'd, I'd back her in any format. Really. I think, you know, she knows a she knows a game, does that girl. You know, there's been times when it's not gone away, but she's the type of player that will always come back and stronger.
3: How big a loss will Meg Lanning be as a batsman as a and a captain of the Australian team?
1: She'll be a huge loss.
4: She's been around that group for so long that for them then to not have her there, this figure who is so fundamental in terms of their mental game. It's probably going to be a bit of a shock to the system when it comes to it. I think they've got a good replacement in Healy, who's been around the group for a very long time. But it's always difficult losing your captain. We saw it with England in the Commonwealth Games when we lost night you know, and it suddenly this switch was slipped and we played a completely different game of cricket.
3: Catherine, it's an awful yep. lot for Elisa Healy to do, though. Uh, captain, open the batting and keep wicket.
1: I think certainly in test cricket that's asking too much. I think in the t- T20 format, I think you there's a lot more preparation um, off the pitch with the T20. So, for example, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to set our field Um, This is how we're going to play. I think a lot of it is led from the side. Um, If you see the amount of coaches and bowling coaches and physios and psychologists and what have you um, that support the teams now, there's more of them than there are actually in the team. And I think with the T20 stuff, um, both sides have probably got enough off-the-pitch support to... To sort of um, to help them and not really have a have a captain as such on a on a team, but have a, a preempted idea of of how it's going to go.
3: I'll throw this open to both of you. Who do you think? I know Rose has said that there's 11 key players in the Australian team, but who do you think are the the key players in this multi-format series?
4: I mean, Natsi Brunt can't not throw her name out there. She has constantly performed for England in every format. I mean, the fact she won Player of the Year last year and she missed the whole series was something else. I also think Lauren Filer coming in, if she's given those opportunities, her raw pace as a bowler is something which is quite rare. I mean, I remember when she broke one of the stumps in a Rachel Hayflin trophy game, bowling. It's exciting that I think England have finally found their feet again after quite a few retirements.
1: Yeah, you've su- supporting um, them, you've got a lot of experience in Crofts and Eccleston, although she just seems so young, has got a really old head, you know, with Heather Knight, uh, Nat Brun, Amy Jones has been around a long time. Um, the stability there. Um, could this be a
3: breakthrough series for people like Izzy Wong and Alice Capsey as well?
4: For sure. Um, I mean, Alice Capsey was quite unlucky in terms of when she injured herself because she broke her collarbone in the West Indies tour in December and then came into the World Cup only just fit. I think it was a bit of a risk picking her and couldn't really bowl. And her identity as a player is she's a she's an all-rounder. And I think this series really gives her an opportunity to showcase her skill. And then again with Fuzi Wong, she wasn't picked for the T20 World Cup, which I think was a shock. I think everyone thought it was a bit of a shock that she wasn't in that squad. So it gives her an opportunity to prove why she should have been.
1: It's And to follow on from that, it's an opportunity to play against the best in the world. You know, what... Wherever they are, Australia are in the table. You know, for me, um, scoring runs against Australia is like the pinnacle of your career. You know, if you can score runs against them, you can score runs against anyone. So this is a real decider for, uh, for some of the young guns coming in and it's going to be really exciting.
3: Remember, you can follow The Paddock and the Pavilion on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at the pad and PAV. And the Australians?
4: I mean, Australia are so dominant. We've seen how dominant they've been over all of the tournaments for however many years. But I think that we're finally getting to a point where people are catching up and nations are catching up. Um, I mean, they had so many professional players when we only had England contracted players in this country. I mean, until 2020, there weren't domestic pros really over here. So we we are catching up, but they are still unbelievable. They're mentality monsters and they will always have that edge that everyone knows that they know what they're doing. Like, you don't question Australian women's cricket team.
1: One of the things we've got going for us is the home advantage and we know that we've got the crowds, they're playing abroad and been playing a lot of cricket over the last year or so. so. You know, let's hope that that, coupled with Meg Lanning not being, um, being in the mix, let's just hope that just uh, throws them a bit and um, gets them out of sort a bit. Um, and gets you know we get our head together and and play as a team.
3: It should really put women's cricket on the map, though, shouldn't it? Running alongside having two Ashes at the same time, and I think the same is going to happen. Announced today in 2027 and 2031, it seems a long way away when you're our age, uh, Catherine. But uh, not 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 for for Rosa. But uh, so it looks like this is the beginning of Ashes running alongside forevermore.
4: It is, and it's so important because cricket is one sport. At the end of the day, everyone plays for the same reason, and that is for the love of the game. So it's so important that people can see that. And it's also about getting women's cricket on the map. Well, it's already on the map, but keeping it there. The Commonwealth Games and the 100 have been a huge, huge boost for the women's game and have kind of been the first time where everyone's taking it seriously. And it's about building on that and proving why.
1: Yeah, some of them are such great athletes. Um, And Rose is quite right. Keep, they need to keep the momentum coming, get more girls involved in it and watching it as many as you can, um, you know, and watching these role models.
3: Before we hear the final predictions from Catherine and Rosa, let's hear from Brazilian captain Roberta Moretti Avery and former England international and the show's regular guest, Roland Butcher, for their thoughts on the women's ashes.
0: Well, I can't wait to watch it. I think uh, I th- I like the way England is playing. England women are playing right now. I think they are very positive. I think the John Lewis uh, approach coming in positive, happy, aggressive cricket. You can see how they batted through the whole the whole World Cup. So I think there's going to be a good challenge for Australia. Uh, I still think that on paper Australia is the strongest team. But they're gonna be in England. England's gonna be building confidence from the World Cup. The players are gonna be really looking forward to it. So I hope it's gonna be an amazing Ashes tour. Uh, But I have to confess that I'm supporting England and uh, hoping that they 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 bring the trophy home this time. And come on, we want to watch the Test. I I already said it. If I'm able to be in England, I wanna be in England. If I'm not able to be in England, I'll be watching every single second. Women's tests are a thing to die for, and I can't wait to watch as as much as I can of it.
3: On that on that point, what did you think to the test match being over five days?
0: It's I think bringing five days for the test is is it's nuts that it wasn't before. Like last year, we saw that we had if we had an extra day, uh, games could have a result. So we need to be able to allow these players to have a result on these games, so they actually can fit the whole, the whole scenario that they need in their head. So I, I think five days is so important for women's tests, and um, I hope that's the start of something going forward that is going to bring more importance to the women's tests for on the whole
2: cricket.
3: So, what are your thoughts on the the women's ashes?
2: Well, again, I mean that's going to be very keenly contested, obviously. England playing at home will be, you know, they will be be certainly looking on at the men's ashes to see how that's going. If if England are doing well, then there will be a trickle-down effect of confidence into the women's side. They're under no illusions that the challenge that they have got against a very, very strong um, Australian um, female team, um, probably the best team in the world right now, very professional, um, tough, tough series for England. so the you know the the England female team need the men to do well, um, because that would help them um, in their challenge. But I think all in all, I think Australia may just be too strong.
3: But significant for the game of cricket, that the women's Ashes is being played at the same time as the men's Ashes.
2: Oh, I mean that's that's monumental. I mean to to have who would have said that five years ago that there would be an Ashes series in England with the women's side. I mean nobody probably would have said that, but. It just shows you just how far the the women's game has gone, um, how people have taken to it, and not just that, but I think the the level of play has improved immensely as well. And I don't think people just go to women's cricket to say they're supporting women's cricket; they also like to see a good um, level of skill being exhibited on the field, and that's what they're seeing now. And um, you know, right around the world, you know, you're seeing some players who are now playing some very good cricket, and that argues well for the for the women's game.
3: Ticket sales for the women's Ashes have been excellent as well.
2: Yeah, so I understand. I mean, um, you know, so that tells you that, you know, it is something that people are looking forward to. I don't think in the past where you perhaps had to beg people to come and watch the game, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think people genuinely um, enjoy going to watch the games and, and to see it. Um, good cricket as well.
3: So you're going for an Australian Ashes triumph.
2: I think I've got to be quite clear on that one. I think Australia will win that series.
3: And finally, I need a prediction from both of you for the Women's Ashes. Washes Ashes whatever you want to call them.
0: Oh,
4: that's a difficult one. Um I'm going to back us. I think We have an edge in T20 cricket with the youngsters we have coming in, the real firepower we have throughout the order. I mean, we don't have a particularly long tail, which is really powerful. I mean, even Sarah Glenn can come out and Lauren Bell can come out on hit a few. Um, And that really does give an edge. So I think that they will probably win the ODI series. But I think we'll win the Test match in the T20s. So overall, England will
1: be victorious. I'm just going to go with England. Are just going to win everything? And you King sound like England. Glenn McGrath.
3: You're the England Glenn McGrath, are you?
1: <laughs> no, we'll be right behind them all the way. But um, I think we're in with a pretty good chance. And like I said, you know, home crowd. It can it can really boost a team having all that support behind them. So.
3: Talking of support, will either of you be going to any of the matches?
4: Yes, I will be heading to the first day of the Test match and the T20 at Edgbaston, so looking forward to them.
1: Um, I'll be watching from afar, unfortunately. Um, I'll need to earn a living, So, um, but yeah. Um, I'll be pretending I'm on the phone when really I'm listening to Radio 5 Live.
3: Well, Rosa exams will be finished then I, I'm going to the first day of the test match and the third day and I'm also going to go to Lords for the T20 on the 8th of July Brilliant! nothing left really for us on the paddock and the pavilion but to thank my two guests and thank you also Rosa for your uh, expert knowledge of the uh, the women's game and thank you both for being on the paddock and the pavilion
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you very much.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Haha, in my dentist's office.